Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here. And starting Monday, September 23rd and running through Friday, September 27th, we at Score North are raising money to feed and change the lives of Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, supporting the Union Gospel Mission Shelter in St. Paul. We're auctioning off some awesome sports-related packages, including Twins playoff tickets with luxury transportation to the ballpark, a Gopher football tunnel experience, a Vikings-Packers package, also live show sit-ins with Glenn Perkins, Alex Boone, and a lot more. Money raised will go directly into helping transform the lives of Twin Cities homeless. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals is where you can see all the packages. That's scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Or if you just want to donate, you can go to the same website. A dollar ninety-six provides a meal and shelter for a homeless person. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Score North on AM fifteen hundred KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 945 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2, and on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Vikings fans, get it off your chest and get it on the air. Your comments, questions, your thoughts. Tweet us at Score North or call 651 646 8255. This is Vikings Vet Line. Play action for Kelly. He's going to the end zone for Treadwell. He's got it. Touchdown on this with a flag down. Nothing like starting Vikings vent line, Danny Cunningham, with some breaking news from the TCL broadcast studios. Let's have it. Laquan Treadwell, and I believe that um, Adam Schefter and our friend Courtney Cronin of ESPN, I believe, apologies if I'm wrong here, but I believe they broke the story this morning. You can now find a uh, a piece on uh, scorenorth.com about it. Laquan Treadwell is back as a Viking. He is re-signing today, and uh, that's because as Tom Pelissero, our buddy who appears on Mackie Judd with Rami on Mondays at 5 o'clock, tweeted out NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Uh, he tweeted out two hours ago, an MRI showed Vikings wide receiver Chad Beebe has torn ligaments in his ankle. No surgery planned for now. They'll see where he's at in a week. BB is, of course, the team's number three wide receiver and punt returner, so others will have to step up. And because of the depth chart lacking receivers, Laquan Treadwell, who I know you're going to be shocked by this news, especially after after plays like this at Ole Miss. Play action for Kelly. He's going to the end zone for Treadwell. He's got it. Touchdown Ole Miss with a flag down. Laquan Treadwell was still available, so they got him. They got him back. And my guess is he is uh, going to probably play a little bit of special teams, and that might be it. He might get like 10 snaps. Maybe. Somewhere in there. 10 snaps on offense, I think, is probably his ceiling for Sunday. But it's a familiar face back in the building. A first, they, they got a first-round wide receiver. You know what they did? Just think, Judd. Back then, the decision was between Laquan Treadwell or Josh Doxson, and now they have both they of have, them. Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches. It's an embarrassment of riches. That, you know, glass half full, Danny Cunningham, bravo. How about that? Glass half full. You got two first-round talents. One one can't play because he's not good, and one can't play because he's hurt and potentially not that good. But you got them both. I mean, I don't know where Corey Coleman is right now, but sign him up. Let's just get a, uh, let's get a monopoly on the 2016 wide receiver draft class. This tells you exactly how, how while they certainly needed to add to the receiver depth chart, 
this is instructive, and it's not completely surprising, of how little Gary Kubiak's offense needs that third guy. Yeah. Basically, what it's saying is we've got Rudolph, and we've got Irv Smith, and we've got Thielen, and we've got Diggs. And yeah, you know what? If a guy like BB or Treadwell or or Johnson plays, that's fantastic. And if they don't, that's fine too. I don't. I actually don't know that it illustrates how little they need the third guy. I think that this might illustrate that they want someone that's already comfortable with the system. That's why they're doing this though, because he can't play. But it, but in a pinch, he can play their their system. But ideally, he won't have to play. But if, ideally for them, yes. But if you didn't need him to give you twenty snaps, he could. If you needed him to. Be targeted four times. He could. I don't know that he would catch four passes, but he could be targeted four times. Hey, he's a good blocker. If he is targeted four <laughs> times on Sunday against the Bears, do you know what you're not going to hear much of? <laughs> that. If you have to target him, okay, okay, let's go down this path. Chicago, Soldier Field, Sunday afternoon, Laquan Treadwell targeted four times. Here's what I'm going with I'm going with one straight up incompletion. Mm hmm. I'm going with one drop. Okay. I'm going with one drop slash tip pass that's picked off by the Bears and a short completion. You're going for the whole, the whole, the whole, I'm, I'm putting the whole thing Treadwell to- experience. Yes, there. exactly right. I'm putting the whole thing together because I think he'll, because the Bears defense is, is uh, ferocious enough that I think he'll tip one pass, meaning to catch it and tip it right into the uh, safety or cornerback's hands. Is that the one that you think gets returned for a touchdown? You know what? Let's move on to that because I am so excited right now because of this. Second down and eight. Play action for Keenum, and he's taken down. Ball came out at the end. Khalil Mack with the sack. Ball is out. And there's a fight for it, and it looks like Akeem Hicks has it. That was Khalil Mack being a disruptor again. Keenum taken down yet again. This time, it's Danny Trevathan. All right, I'm going to start you guys off after watching the Bears destroy Washington in Washington last night. And I know that Washington had a second-half gasp for life, but it was pretty pathetic. They stink. Okay, exactly. So I'm going to start you off with two statements that put together seem a little bit odd to say at the same time, but I thoroughly believe that they're true and and holds um, intrigue for me on Sunday. One, after watching the Bears play Washington last night, I firmly believe that the Vikings can win that game. Yes. Now, I, the Bears' defense is absolutely fantastic, but my takeaway one is I am not going to dismiss the fact that this is a game that the Vikings can very much win, and, and if they do, it's going to convince me of something that I have not seen, seen so far because their two wins have come against teams that they've absolutely destroyed. My second statement to go along with that, though, is, and with his offensive line, I don't think I'm overstating this. I am concerned about the health of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I would understand being concerned about the health of Cousins because Case Keenum last night had guys in his face at all times. It felt, except for the when they went on that little spurt in the second half, that's when it was okay. But that entire first half, he was under pressure every time he dropped back to pass. And I don't necessarily know how good Washington's offensive line is, but I know that the Vikings have struggled to protect Kirk Cousins so far this year, so I think that that's going to be an issue. That being said, it's still a game where I was close to saying the Vikings were going to win yesterday. I don't know if I feel any closer today because the Bears defense did look really good for most most of the game yesterday, and Mitch Trubisky looked pretty pretty good too for the most part. He deserves credit for yesterday's win. 
but I it, it's tough for me to have a feel on how I think this game's going to go right now. Yeah, I here's here's my thing. I am very curious to see now what what the Vikings do from a game plan standpoint and from a standpoint of of yes, you've established that you want to be known as a run first team. And yes, the run on Sunday at at Soldier Field, particularly with Dalvin Cook, is going to be absolutely vital. But that Bears defense, if that's your, if that's going to be your complete game plan, it's going to get stopped at some point. Yeah. Now, where my concern comes in is okay, and this is not even so. This is I say this before I get to my concern about Cousins's uh, actual play and struggles. That offensive line, what do they do? What do you do? The Sunday night game last year, Danny, Khalil Mack at one point was trying to be blocked one-on-one by Riley Reef. He will annihilate Riley Reef. So how many do you keep in? If you, if, and when you have pass plays, and you certainly will, how many do you send out? There's so many things here that I, I am, am now curious about offensively because this reeks of, uh, what would you say is fair, 14-10 game? Yeah, Some, low 17, scoring. 14, low scoring for sure. 14, 10. Yeah. Okay. So this reeks of that game. And, and I don't think the Vikings defense is as good as the Bears, but I think it's very good. And I think the Vikings defense against Trubisky is going to give him problems as well. Sure. But offensively, what's your starting point here? Because if you just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and you don't throw, the Bears are going to say, okay, come at us. But if you do throw, how the hell do you keep Cousins upright? I think the passing game needs to be really quick. I don't think that Kirk Cousins can have more than more than five attempts in which the ball is in his hands more than two and a half seconds after he drops back. I think you've got to get the ball out of Kirk's hands quick, and I think it matters can more. Can he do that? He's going. He's not going to have a choice because if he doesn't, he's going to be on his back. That's that's what your option has to be offensively. That's how you have to. That's how you have to game plan for this Bears defense because if you don't, Kirk Cousins is going to get hurt. And the Vikings are going to lose the game, and Sean Mannion's going to be the quarterback for a long time. So, do you morph this in, into instead of uh, consist, uh, consistently trying to hand the ball to Dalvin Cook? Does this morph into we're going to try and just dump the ball off to Cook? No, you still have to run the ball with Dalvin Cook. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think that I know. Changes. But is but is the passing game then the tight ends and Dalvin Cook and bang the balls out because Kirk struggles there. Kirk is not great at delivering the ball quickly. I know. So you're going to have to work all week long on, and Kirk needs, Kirk is going to need uh, the security of knowing exactly where the guy who's going to catch the ball is going to be, and he's going to be there almost instantly. What stops them from being able to use Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen in the quick game? Nothing should, but they don't use them nearly enough. They could, yeah. Those are, those are two of your best athletes on the offensive side of the ball. Dalvin Cook's the other one. Your plan should be to get them the ball in space. Get them one-on-one on one against the defender and go win that battle. That's what, that's what their plan should be a lot more than it is. Throw them a quick slant. And if you think back to last Monday night when Odell Beckham had that 89-yard touchdown catch against the Jets, why not run something along the lines of that? Where it's one-step ball out, guy gets the ball in space, one of your best athletes on the outside, let him make a move and go. If he gets tackled, it's a gain of four, then you fight to live another day. If not... He could be running for a long time. Those are the types of plays I would like to see this offense incorporate more of in the passing game. Don't you want to include Dalvin Cook more in the passing game anyway? Sure. 
with this offense anyway. You just, I mean, you, you want to put the ball in his hands as much as possible anyway, rather you're handing it off to him or throwing it to him out of the backfield. You are going to have to give Kirk, and this is going to need uh, work starting, well, internally as far as game plan today, but the installation starting tomorrow is you're going to need to give Kirk specifics on exactly what he is to do, when he is to do it, and how it is going to go down. Like, you cannot go in there. Kirk Cousins doesn't have the wherewithal to say, all right, buddy, you're a veteran quarterback, and we can trust you, and and it's going to be the quick game, and so let's go to it. This is going to be Kubiak and Stefanski literally sitting with him probably tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday saying these are the plays that that we think can work, and they're going to have to work because if they don't, I am very afraid he's going to get hurt. I'll put that out there right now. With that Bears defense and what they do, and the internal makeup of this offensive line, the guards, Bradbury at center, protecting Kirk Cousins is going to be incredibly tough. And Cunningham, you're probably right. It's probably going to come down to if they don't deliver the ball quickly, he is going to take some monster hits. That's what they're going to have to do. That's the only that's the only option I can th- see because you can, you don't have the time to take deep shots against this defense. You could have against Oakland last week. You could have tried to open it up and throw deep and try and stretch the field vertically a little bit more than you had in the first two weeks. But you really can't afford to risk that this week. It's tough to see how much time Kirk Cousins would be able to have to give a guy like Diggs or Thielen to run downfield on a on a go pattern. And and again too, I ask this: Who is the double team against Khalil Mack? If he's single teamed at all, you are that that down unless unless you do something that I'm not expecting on that down, you're dead. There's no there's no hope there. Unless you can run the ball away from him and cook, but still, this defense is good in, in its entirety. So Khalil Mack, who's helping? Is CJ Ham on the field continually? Can can the chip block help you there? Do you need two in, guys? Will they bring in another tight end? Go heavy, like, like Conklin, maybe. Or you could, or you somebody, act, somebody that can block. If you're willing to forfeit a tight end at times, you could actually bring in an extra lineman as well, and, and go with what what they like to call in football terms the heavy package, which the, I love the that jumbo term. Jumbo formation. I love I love those terms. But you could consider that too. You're so, gonna ha- you're gonna have to do something there. So last week, CJ Ham played 41 percent of the offensive snaps. I would bet that's higher this week. I would bet he's close to 60 or 65. If they if they really care about pass protection, I think that you need to see a little bit more CJ Ham in there just to to help out in the blocking scheme. Oh, you're gonna have to. Somebody's was, gonna have to play. 40, here. He was at 41 percent last week. It wouldn't surprise me if he's around 65. You are going to have to, I think, to have success. You. You're going to go into the game having to forfeit one thing that you would like to do for the sake of pass protection. Yeah. And bl- just blocking, too. Just blocking. These guys are going to blow you up. Yes. And now on both sides, the the reason why that, that I, I think the Vikings have a real opportunity here is because of this guy. Empty look for Trubisky. And Trubisky will have the easy toss to Gabriel for the score. And finally, the Bears' offense does that this year. Trubisky, easy, wasn't it? Gabriel again. Who can turn into this guy? Trubisky comes out of the timeout in the short gun. Montgomery to his left. Takes the snap. Trubisky looking to throw to the end zone. Pass snared at the goal line. Intercepted. Intercepted by, you know who, number 24. And he's running around like he's uh, just won something on... New Year's Eve in Times Square. Oh, that pass but was terrible. Quit being a homer. 
That pass was awful. That was a terrible pass. That's a te- that's a brutal. Absolutely irresponsible. It's a great play call and it's a stupid pass, but I'm putting money right now. In fact, <laughs> write this down for Friday show. Harrison Smith will have a pick six. I'm putting both these defenses on one touchdown apiece, but I think Harrison Smith pick six because Trubisky Trubisky is in deep in his heart. He's going to try his hardest to not throw the ball to 22. But guess what? Smith moves around, changes alignment, right? He shifts. Yep. Trubisky's going to get thoroughly confused, and at one point he's going to put the ball, just like uh, Derek Carr did, right into Harrison Smith. I'll go the opposite way. I don't think that we see any defensive touchdowns. I don't think the Bears score on defense two weeks in a row, and I don't think the Vikings get one either. I think Harrison Smith might get an interception, but I don't think he's taking it to the crib. <sighs> okay, does he take it to the five? Mm, I'm going touchdown. No, because I'm going I think, touchdown, and I think it. I think it's a low-scoring think, offensive game and considered high-scoring defense. I think Trubisky is going to make make his mistakes inside the red zone. I think that's where he's going to have oh, that that big mistake. Is they're all the get, more delicious for a sure, but 89-yard touchdown. Return. Harrison Smith's not mm-hmm. running that far with the ball. Oh, you putting Harry? You don't think he can? I think he can. I don't think he is. Well, I just I think the Vikings have a very real shot because. D or offensively, I don't trust the Bears, and offensively, I don't trust the Vikings. I think the run game is fantastic, but this this is going to be the, the game, and I'm now thoroughly excited for this game. That's going to tell us a lot. Yeah, we're going to learn something like, on, yeah, on Sunday. Yesterday, I wasn't so so sure, but in watching that game last night, and both the Vikings and the Bears played bad teams. But this game is going to be instructive. This game is going. This game is going to to give us a feel because if this Vikings team is as as good as we think it can potentially be, even Sands, a quarterback who is not consistent and not great, yeah, then this Vikings team can go into Soldier Field and do something that they have difficulty doing, which is win a football game. Who did you learn more about this week, the Vikings or the Bears? Because neither one of them played a good opponent. I don't think didn't I didn't learn much about either one, but which one did you learn more about? Ooh. That's a really good question. And I would say maybe, maybe if I had to pick, I would say the Bears because they went on the road. Okay. But Washington's not any good. No, I think Washington's worse than Oakland. And Case Keenum was a mess. And that offensive line without Trent Williams was a mess. I my honest response is neither. But I'm really excited now, okay? Because those defenses and, and these teams, with with in both cases, certainly some offensive shortcomings, especially potentially at the quarterback position. I fear for both QBs, though. I really do. I fear for both these guys. I probably fear for Cousins more, but I fear for both for both. I think that you should fear for Cousins more than Trubisky. I think Trubisky's got a little bit better of a setup there. I think Trubisky could do something though incredibly stupid. I expect it. I, I mean, this again, this is just, ugh. Trubisky comes out of the timeout in the short gun. Montgomery to his left. Takes the snap. Trubisky looking to throw it to the end zone. Pass snared at the goal line. Intercepted. Intercepted by you-know-who, number 24. And he's running around like he's uh, just won something on New Year's Eve in Times Square. But Josh Norman with a swipe. Play that again because the best part... I'll stop it. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> yep. about. It's not the end. Trubisky comes out of the timeout in the short gun. Montgomery to his left. 
Takes the snap. Trubisky looking to throw it to the end zone. Pass Oh. Why are you even? Why are you frustrated? Your quarterback threw a stupid pass. Rip him. Rip oh. your co- rip, just rip the quarterback. That's an incredibly stupid pass. That was amazing. Oh, la- <laughs> so last thing about Washington last night, folks. All right, Kirk Cousins is flawed. I am all on board there, and I know that there's people that think we hate him. I know that there's people that like him more. I know that there's people that probably despise him more than we do. I don't despise him, but he's flawed, all right? But let me speak in defense of Mike Zimmer right now. Yep. I know exactly where you're going here. Because because for two years ago, 13-3, and three, I'm not taking away from it. It was magical. It was fun to watch. It it went up in a, in a uh, complete blaze in Philadelphia, but that was a fun year. But... Every time that Mike got to the podium during the course of that year and said things like, Case Keenum has a horseshoe up his bleepity bleep and things like that, he said it because of last night's game. And now, now the pressure on Keenum was phenomenal. I don't, this was not all his fault, but that game last night, and I'm going to give you one play in particular. Thinking that you can extend the ball for a first down and that it's the goal line play, which is you flare the ball and the ball and it's a touchdown and the play is dead. And then, of course, at midfield or so, or it's not dead, it doesn't work like that. These are the things that Mike Zimmer feared. And furthermore, these are the things that if the Minnesota Vikings had continued, had signed Keenum to a long-term contract and continued to employ him as the quarterback after 2017 would have happened. Is Kirk Cousins the perfect solution? Absolutely not. We've found that out. I think we all can declare that Kirk Cousins is not the perfect solution, Danny. But that being said, this is what the Vikings saw coming. This is why they said we can't stay here with Case. Because that game last night. Yep. But everything everything that we saw last night, the irresponsible passes, the not being aware of the difference between being at the goal line and trying to get a first down and lunging, uh, all of this. All of this was what the Vikings said. Okay, this is a magical year, but it's one year. It's that simple. It it looks difficult because Kirk Cousins hasn't been everything they wanted him to be, but it was the right decision in hindsight. And I know that we are all critical and rightfully so on Kirk Cousins. It was right to move on, but it was it was the right decision. There's no there's no arguing this. The decision to move on was correct. Yes. Now, did did you land on the right guy? No, it doesn't look like it. But you moved on. But you at moved the right on. Time. Your 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 feeling, if you are a Spielman and Zimmer and the Vikings offensive brass, your feeling of timing on that move was exactly correct. Yes. So. The only the only circumstance that they ever should have thought about bringing Case Keenan back is if they were going to draft another quarterback. Sure. That was the only that that's the only. But you can't that be thirteen. And, the only reason to you, bring Case Keenum but back. But you yeah. you would have had to say then the thirteen and three was a fluke, and, yep. and that the plan for two thousand eighteen was if we win nine games, that's fine, mm-hmm. or eight games, which they did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have, what we that game was case. Yep, gunslinger. Sometimes he gets fortunate. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he knows the rules. That was that sometimes was uh, St. Louis Rams case Keenum. Exactly time. right. Show is a Vikings event line. You can certainly join the conversation. In fact, we'd love to hear from you about your feelings on uh, Sunday's Vikings-Bears game. Are you more excited now by what we uh, might see? And like me, are you fearful 
for the uh, health of Kirk Cousins. 651-646-8255. You can also reach us via Twitter. Uh, Danny Cunningham's at Real D Cunningham. I'm at Jay Zolgad. And the uh, Twitter account for the station if you want to weigh in there at Score North. So at, Re- at Real D Cunningham, at Jay Zolgad, at Score North. And uh, don't forget, every day this week, Score North is raising money to buy meals and a new lease on life for the Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission Four meals benefiting Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities. Listeners can help by bidding on fantastic Minnesota sports experiences at scorenorth.com backslash mission for meals up for auction until 8 o'clock. Tonight, Danny Cunningham, why don't you tell the people what's available? Yeah, so tonight we are auctioning off a Mackie and Judd with Rami Gopher football experience that's going to include for you a suite for 16 people to the Gophers at uh, the Gophers against Penn State game at TCF Bank Stadium on Saturday, November 9th. That will also include basic food and beverage catering in the suite. You get 16 halftime tunnel passes, a Mackie and Judd with Rami studio sit-in and dinner for two after the show. 100% of the proceeds will be donated to the Union guys Mission. Bidding currently open until 8 o'clock tonight at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. That's at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. You can also straight up just donate if you don't want to bid on this package. We do have more coming later in the week or as little as $29 buys a week worth of meals for someone in need. Again, go to scorenorth.com slash mission for Vikings fans, your comments, questions, your thoughts. Vikings Ventline, your tweets, your calls. Mondays 10 to noon, Tuesdays through Friday 11 to noon. Vikings Ventline on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, I want to play good defense and I want to be able to run the ball. You know, I don't want to run it 40 times and throw it 10. Uh, you know, I want to be able to have balance. But, you know, if we're running the ball effectively like we have been, you know, we've had some big, big play runs in there and we've had a couple other really, really close ones. So, you know, it'd be harder to run the ball this week. You know, these guys are a load up front. So, you know, it may be a different ball game this week. Second and goal from the one and the pitches to Dalvin Cook. And Cook, second effort. Touchdown. Flag is down as well, but he got over the goal line to Dalvin Cook. So pending the call, the Vikings have another score. Vikings Van Line is the show. TCL Broadcast Studio, Zolgad Cunningham, Manny Hill producing 651-646-8255. Are we buying what Zim is selling? In those two games where we got up, there's no need to throw the football and you know, when we're up by three touchdowns. You know, again, they're not always going to be like that. Uh, we want to be balanced. We want to get the ball to everybody. But we're going to run the ball, too. So, you know, the first play-action touchdown that we threw was partly because of the run game, you know, guys sucking up on the run. So when those things happen, typically good things happen in the play-action, which I've been saying for many, many years. Well, I want to play good defense, and I want to be able to run the ball. You know, I don't want to run it 40 times and throw it 10. Hmm. Really? I, I, don't, I don't think I believe Mr. Zimmer there. Really? Don't want him? I mean, I think that's exactly what he wants. Boy, if you can, if you can, it's sure nice to run the ball. I think that's 40 exactly times, what, maybe I think that's maybe exactly fifty what times want. and throw it none. Hey, Richard, what's going on? What's up, boss? How you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? All right. Um, I just want to give my input a little bit. Um, okay, uh, Kirk needs to use his feet. Like I was saying, uh, he definitely would make a, a big difference if he did that because you know it, it, when you got Matt coming at you. You better get out of the way or you're getting crushed. And I think they need to put Alexander Madison um, and um, Boone and Abdullah in because I just feel that they're going to hurt Dalvin this week, man. They're just looking to bottle that game up. And I was watching the Redskins and and Bears last night, Mm -hmm. and Kirk – 
um, case was actually getting them in on the inside of their secondary with the slants that they were that they were throwing pretty good. So I think if we get um, Irv and, and Rudolph and these guys going doing the slants and stuff, I, I think we got a better chance at, at getting them on offense. Thanks, Defense, Richard. It's one for one. Yep. Thank you, sir. I think I'm. I brought up the short, the short, quick passing game earlier. I think slants, stuff over the middle, that's going to be what's going to work best against this Bears defense because Kirk's not going to have the time to wait back and watch things develop. I think that that is the key to to success for the passing game. I really do. But Dalvin Cook has to play. Yes, he's he's basically saying I can't. I can't not now. Now, well, I need the other guys, preferably those who can help in pass protection to to play a role throughout the course of the game. Absolutely, yes. But Dalvin Cook has to. You can't. I don't think go in and say, "Well, Dalvin might get hurt, so we can't." He's their best player on offense. I am fearful. He's their best player. I, yeah, he's yeah. their best player. Period. I am fearful for people here, starting with Kirk Cousins, but that can't lead you to say, "Well, he can't play as much." Now, I do think incorporating him more in that short passing game, if he has um, a decent amount of touches via the pass, that's fine. But he's got to play. He's got to play. You have to. And I, 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 have, I can't be concerned I about have that. concern about him holding up, not necessarily this week, but in the future. Sure. But he is the reason why you're 2-1. and one. He's the re- he's yeah. a big reason as to why you're almost 3-0. and oh. mm-hmm. You can't not have him on the field for 90% of the snaps. Let's go uh, to Tom. Hey, Tom, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Sitting down by the river thinking about the Vikings here. Sounds like a great afternoon, Tom. Morning, I guess. Uh, Sounds peaceful. Yeah, it is. Very. Which Sunday will uh, not be at Soldier Field. It will not be peaceful, Tom. Not at all. No, that'll be crazy. Uh, the point I wanted to bring up was the decision uh, by Zimmer to move on from Keenum is pretty similar in my eyes to the decisions that Belichick and the Patriots make to move on from players when they still do well that season and uh, before, essentially before it's too late. And the Patriots get away with that because they keep winning consistently. Uh, the Vikings got punished for it because they didn't hit on the greatest QB that they could have. Mm-hmm. Or I guess in this situation, they, you know, they did hit on the greatest QB on the market. But, uh, I mean, it just didn't work out for them. So I think they get a lot of unnecessary flack for that. Uh, so I'll hang up and let you guys talk about that. I'll just listen, but that's just what I think here. Enjoy, Tom. Thanks for the talk call, to Tom. And you're right about the you always do want to be a year early rather than a year late. There's no question about that. And that's something the Patriots have mastered throughout their 20-year run of just dominance in the NFL. They've been early on guys getting rid of guys as opposed to letting guys stick around too long. Now, the one guy we might see stick around too long at some point maybe is Tom Brady. But at that point, he would have earned sticking around a year too long. Yeah, and the Keenum thing, the Vikings' idea was absolutely right. Yeah, they did the right thing. The pro- the problem is that when Teddy got hurt, their long-term plan blew up, and mm-hmm. so there was no plan at probably the most important position that exists in, in all of sports, right? Goaltending and hockey. I mean, there, there's, very, there's very few positions that are as vital to a team's success as quarterback. Yeah. And so the Vikings had the right idea of what they didn't have, and part of this is their fault and part of it's not because of the fact that uh, Teddy's leg, uh, he, he suffered the gruesome injury. They didn't have the plan. And so they just said, okay, Kirk, and Kirk, if you go back and look at the market, that free agent market, Kirk was the best guy out there. Yeah, there's no question about that. They went and so they got... So this is a very tough... They, they, got, the best, they got the best quarterback available. 
He just turned out to not be very good. Yeah, but there, but you know, I I saw tweets last night again trying to defend Case, and there's just Case is a nice guy, and I like him. And 2017 was fantastic, but to expect that there would have been any repeat of that in 18 or this year is is simply it's not being realistic about the situation that the Vikings were going to have. Yeah, Case is a backup quarterback. That's what he is. Yeah. He's a backup quarterback or a bridge quarterback. Although I will say this. For those, and I saw this, I think Susie Colbert broached this on the halftime show on ESPN last night. For those that broached that that Haskins should come into that game last night, are you are you crazy? That's what you want to put him up against? No. A rookie quarterback? Yeah, this hey, started, Dwayne, here's your NFL debut. Well, Go face Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. And this, and this starts with the fact that your offensive line, if you're Washington and the Vikings, has problems pass protecting. So that's what you want to subject a rookie quarterback? Are you nuts? He would have gotten killed. Start him this week against the New York Giants. That's fine. But don't do that. Don't don't put him into that fire against the Bears. That's how you ruin somebody. Yeah. And or just get his leg broken. Like that was that yeah, ruin him. That first half, that first half that the Bears, that display, they were annihilating them. Annihilating. Washington yeah. had no chance. I felt bad for Case. It's just that it's what? Eight out of ten quarterbacks in that league faced with that pressure are just going to completely lose it and panic, and that's what Case did. And with good reason. Dwayne Haskins was not going to look no. any better than Case Keenum last night. No, I now, agree. in the long run, will he? Probably. But last night, no chance. No chance. Item two from that thing. Um, did I really hear a report? I think it was, uh, it was in the second half of last night's game when Washington started to play well offensively. That Adrian Peterson was upset with his usage, that he wasn't on the field. Did I really hear that right? And then I tweeted, I tweeted, Adrian, typical, you know, typical me first. Forget because they started to move the ball. Washington moved the ball when they look good. And then I got tweets back saying, it makes no sense. He's not being used. You still have your Adrian files here in town saying, it makes no sense. They're not using him now. They should use him. Really? My God, and and it is it has it's crossed the Zolgad threshold. It's sad watching him. I don't like watching yeah. him. It's sad watching him. There, there's no point in him being in the NFL right now. His whole thing as a Viking and during much of his career, he was right. Was famine, famine, feast. Right? Okay, I lose two yards. I gain two yards, and now I'm going for 78 yards and a touchdown. There's no feast now, Adrian. Well, when the feast disappeared, it was time for you to walk away from this game. Uh, um, head held high, very proud. Walk away. Twelve carries, thirty-seven yards, long of seven. And he's given it to Jay Gruden. He's not being used. It's unusable now. I know. It's just like the opener against the Saints in twenty seventeen, <laughs> yes. where he had like four carries for eight yards, and they show him chapping at uh, Sean Payton about not being in the game more. Like, dude, you're. You're you're done. You're not good anymore. But it's just and oh, it's sad enough to watch that and accept that. But the last thing you should ever do is be acting like you're still 26 and chirping at anybody that you should be. You are part of a rotation of backs, and I would. And the only reason and, he's playing is because someone got hurt. Yes. Darius guys got hurt again. Jay Gruden had him inactive for week one and basically then ripped him. Mm-hmm. And then, Publicly. because Geis got hurt, had to play him. 
Uh, there might be a bit of good news for the Vikings off last night's game. This would obviously be bad news for the Bears, but uh, the report out of Washington last night from FedEx Field <laughs> was that uh, Akeem Hicks, who's just an outstanding player, he's a great player, left FedEx Field with a noticeable limp after exiting the team's 31-15 win. He has a right knee injury that he suffered in the second half of that game. Akeem Hicks being out would be, if he is, and at this point we have no clue, Danny, but it would be an enormous break here because Khalil Mack is still a great, great player. Yes. But if you you take Akeem Hicks out of the equation, at least, I I don't want to say it gets easier, but my sense is it would get more manageable, and my fear is that the toughest matchup and this might include Mac on Sunday is going to be Hicks on Bradbury. Yeah, that's going to be something. Uh, I don't know Mack how is a great Bradbury. Player. I don't know how Keen Hicks is really good, but Garrett Bradbury's been awful through three weeks. It's difficult to expect him to be playable against the Keem Hicks. And he's a he's a rookie too. Yeah. In, in defense. It's going it's, it's to be a long Sunday if Akeem Hicks is healthy and playing. When you go against these guys, the Packers have one. The Bears, Hicks is outstanding. Uh, when when you go against these type of players, it is incredibly tough. And you're a rookie center. You're undersized. I was serious two weeks ago when I said, this Bears game scares me because I think Bradbury might get thrown into Cousins. And he up. already did one last Bay week. got picked up. Well, he got thrown into Cousins the first play last week. Cousins tripped over his feet. He tripped him. I know. I know. And Akeem Hicks outweighs Garrett Bradbury by like 65 pounds. It might be he's more just, than that. Yeah. He's just, he's just, Akeem Hicks is just massive and it's not fat. <laughs> no. It's all muscle. But if he plays, I come back to this. How do you block all these guys? Who do you double? Who do you, because I don't, I don't think that you can, that you can look at, at this and say, well, I think just, you know, this one time we're just going to try and single up this guy. Who do you do it to? Yeah. And then, and then the question becomes, how much help do you have to hold in? And I have no clue at that point. You are not going to be successful with five man protections. I'll tell you that right now. No, you can't do that. You can't. You might have to you might have to go seven man protections a lot. Yeah, which could be which yeah, it's gonna be this is going to have to be for Kubiak, and, and this guy's been around for a long time, won multiple Super Bowls as a coach. This is gonna have to be one of his best coach games. Because this is where it starts. Yep. This starts with this is, does not because you don't put up have, or shut up. You, well, and you don't have you don't have the personnel or talent to make this work, and so now it becomes: Can your scheme save? Well, starting with your your QB essentially. Six five one six four six eight two five five. The show is Viking Vent Line. Let's go back to the phone lines and our buddy Tyler. Hey Tyler. Hey you guys, how's it going? So Do you're talking about. You're talking about uh, what the Vikings are going to have to do against Chicago, specifically the pass rush. I agree with basically everything you're saying. Those are things that I would try. What do you think the Vikings coaching staff could do? Because I'm feeling like their response to those questions would be, well, we're going to run the ball well enough. It's not going to be an issue. We won't have to do anything different. And that sounds like a nightmare scenario for the Vikings. What do you guys think the coaches in the in the front office for the Vikings, what do you think their plan is going into Chicago? I think the plan is Thanks, to Tyler. run the ball first and foremost. Now, I don't think they'll be able to run the ball quite as well as they have the first three weeks of the season, but they're going to be able to run the ball relatively well still. That being said, they're going to have to do things differently in the passing game, I feel. I don't think the running chain, the running game 
is going to have to change much to be successful. Yep. I don't think the amount of success is going to mirror what it's been the first three weeks, but I think that the passing game is going to need to look different if you're going to if you're going to be successful in that avenue. Don't you have to go into this game, or at least as you're game planning it, though, don't you have to assume that there there has to be a plan if the run does get stopped? Because it's certainly not, as you said, going to be what it was against Oakland. No. So don't you have to have some type of of idea, as you talked about, short passing game, quick slants, things like that, that you can go to very quickly if you don't get off to a good start in the run game? Because there's a chance you're not going to. You had... Oakland is awful. Yeah. Chicago is great defensively. And so, so you know, <laughs> Dalvin was what? Average per carry on Sunday, six point something? 6.9. So let's assume you get off to a start where, you know, he gets stifled. You've got to have a bailout plan of some sort pretty quickly there. What I, what I don't necessarily know that they need a bailout plan is I think that your defense here this week is good enough to keep Chicago's offense at bay because Mitch Trubisky's not that good. It's not like you're going up against Aaron Rodgers and even when they fell down 21 nothing, they didn't abandon the run. I don't know that there's anything that would make them abandon the run this week. What do you mean that this guy is not that good? Empty look for Trubisky. And Trubisky will have the easy toss to Gabriel for the score. Huh? And finally, the Bears offense does that this year. Trubisky Easy, wasn't it? Gabriel again. Trubisky comes out of a timeout in the short gun. Montgomery to his left. (laughs) Takes the snap. Trubisky looking to throw to the end zone. Pass snared at the goal line. Intercepted. Intercepted by you-know-who. Number 24. And he's running around like he's uh, just won something on New Year's Eve in Times Square. But Josh Norman with a swipe. 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. We are in the TCL Broadcast Studios. If you'd like to chime in on your expectations for Vikings Bears, are you concerned about Kirk Cousins' health? Do you think the Vikings will win? 651-646-8255. Back after this. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. All right, time for a Score North download. I'm Manny Hill, and uh, Dalvin Cook is uh, leading the NFL in rushing yards, of course, through three weeks with 375 yards. But uh, head coach Mike Zimmer, who spoke to media yesterday, uh, says that uh, the credit for Dalvin's success doesn't just uh, start with him. Dalvin's a great player, uh, but he's getting a lot of help from a lot of people. Uh, you know, I thought Kyle blocked really well yesterday. Um, you know, we we got a lot of guys on the ground cutting them, and uh, receivers blocked well. So, you know, it's not a one-man show. Um, everybody's been doing a nice job. And they're going to need to continue to do a nice job on Sunday against uh, a much better defense, probably the best defense that they've uh, faced all season long on this Sunday. That is your Score North Download. Now back for one final segment of Vikings Vent Line. And before we go, it's time for this. That's a good job, though, today, fellas. That's a way to step up. Wait, 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 wait. One more thing. Well, I think we have three good tight ends, and, uh, you know, the more we can use them, you know, you get in there, you get big groups in there, and then the next thing you know, they're spread out and we're throwing the football or uh, using them in, in different ways. Uh, you know, the tight end screen to Kyle, and we had uh, um, corner route to um, Irv. So, and, and Conkle start getting some balls, too. 
And Danny Cunningham, speaking of Verve, he is our one more thing for this week. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit yesterday, but he kind of broke out on Sunday. What does uh, what does this mean for the future of not only him, but Kyle Rudolph? I know Rudolph signed the somewhat lucrative contract extension earlier this offseason, but how long until we consider Irv Smith a starting caliber tight end? That's not exactly a plug-and-play position in the NFL today. But it's a position where I think that he's going to have a pretty bright future for this Vikings team. And I'm curious now as to what that's going to look like. How much longer is Kyle Rudolph going to be the go-to guy at that position on third down? When does it become Irv Smith? It might be changing right now. It could be. Sunday could be a a day that we... Irv Smith looked really good. He looked really, really good. Sunday could be a day that we look back on as, as that's when Irv Smith proved he belonged on the NFL field. Sage, in, in his appearance with Collar on Monday, made a very, what I thought, it was a very quick throwaway line, but it was very telling. And I didn't think of it in this context until Sage talked about it in the 2 o'clock hour yesterday with Matthew, but it was this. Basically alluded to the fact that Irv athletically can do things, well, he alluded to the fact that Kyle isn't a- athletically necessarily as fast as he used to be, which he's no. not. Well, and how could you expect him to be? Exactly, but Irv is. So... This offense uses and can use two tight ends quite a bit. So I'm not saying Kyle's done here, but if we see sort of a a morphing of this as the 2019 season rolls on, if we see a morphing towards more Irv, not going to surprise me one bit, he strikes me as a smart player, and I love the fact that they have not force-fed him, that it's just been slow, which is really, really smart. But uh, if we're in if we're in week eight and Irv Smith is starring and Kyle is blocking more, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, not, not at all. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think I don't want to call it likely, but I like what I've seen from Irv Smith so far as in terms of how he's been able to adjust to the NFL, how he's been able to pick up on things, everything like that. Irv Smith's passed every test so far. Uh, Kyle's contract extension that he signed is paying him a base salary of. $1.8 million this season and now rolls through the uh, 2023 season. But I think I think it's fairly ironclad for two years wh- where he's probably g- uh, going to be around for two more years. But that role could change. That role could change, and th- this could end up in this offense being a very astute pick. I'm curious if they regret giving Rudolph that extension at any point because of how strapped they are with the cap. Uh, maybe a little bit, but the trade-off was if Irv came along too slowly then they would probably regret not bringing Kyle back. Yeah. So it's sort of, uh, it might be, uh, well, we, we wish we hadn't had to do it, but I also think that we're going to see this offense roll out two tight ends quite a bit. So it just might be that that 1A becomes Irv and 1B and or 2 becomes Kyle. But before we get done here, what was our uh, Twitter poll question of the day, Danny Cunningham? Uh, today's question at Real D Cunningham on Twitter. Does the way Chicago played last night change your opinion on the Vikings matchup with the Bears coming up on Sunday? Uh, some responses so far. Justin said, loser will not make the playoffs, I think. Pretty early for a must-win game, but I could see that being the case. It's not a bad observation because Green Bay is three and zero right now. Yeah, it's going to tell us it's going. Whoever wins that game, we're going to learn as much about as we didn't learn from both those teams yeah. on Sunday into Monday. Do you think it's think possible the NFC North gets three playoff teams? Yeah, it's possible. Sure. Reggie tweets in at Real D Cunningham. I'm I'm fearful our defense will get exposed early, similar to the Packers game. Mm. If that happens, we're in real trouble and probably lose again. Oh, you're done then. No, that can't happen. Yeah. That cannot happen. No, your defense cannot, with, with this team, your defense right now at least cannot have one bad quarter.
Craig says, not really. It's going to be tough, and they'll have to play very well to win. Same as always when you're in Chicago at Soldier at Soldier Field. That's true. Very true point. But Troy that, says, but that defense, man. Troy says, Vikings have struggled in Chicago even when Chicago is bad. I give the Vikings a very little chance of winning with Kirk at quarterback and his record in big games. Chad Hutchinson, baby. Never forget. Oh, there's been a lot of Chicago games that have been mm-hmm. awful. Rex Grossman had an eight that have been awful. That's why you have mm-hmm. to have you have to have. This is going to be Kubiak potentially his finest moment or among them. Mike says, "I think our defense will be trouble for Trubisky. He'll get flustered." Wait, 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 wait. This guy? Trubisky comes out of the timeout with a short gun. Montgomery to his left. <laughs> Takes the snap. Trubisky looking to throw to the end zone. Pass snared at the goal line. Intercepted. Intercepted by you know who. No, that guy's not, what what the what's the guy talking about on Twitter? Flustered. Flustered my behind. Mitch Trubisky be just of course he's gonna get flustered. And telling he's gonna throw a pick six. And NY says, no. Laquan Treadwell is back, we'll be just fine. <laughs> NY, you have a sense of humor. That is for sure. And yes, that is true. If you are just tuning in and saying, okay, who's joking? Laquan Treadwell, who's joking around? B, uh, BB is out now, it looks like, long-term with an injury suffered on uh, Sunday uh, in the win over Oakland. And Laquan Treadwell, <coughs> at least when we started this show, was in the process of re-signing with the Vikings. I'm not kidding. He did not get a job. And he is now returning to the Minnesota Vikings. We're done here. The Twin Show is up next. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow at 11 o'clock for a weekday Vikings vent line from the TCL Broadcast Studios. For Danny, for Manny, I'm Judd. We'll talk to you later.